All right, welcome back to the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. This is Zach Cordell, your podcast host, registered dietitian, friend, and now author. But I am here to introduce this next episode. This is our final part of the interview with J.C. Whiteman, a health coach and a fellow author, actually. And, and in this part of the interview, we're talking about making health changes as parents because we all know that as a parent, when you want to make changes, sometimes you push those changes upon your kids. And maybe we should or maybe we shouldn't or maybe there's a right or wrong way to go about it. But we'll talk about that with JC. We'll end our interview with her about halfway through. And then at the end of this podcast, we're going to talk about the holiday season because the holidays are here. Um, We've already had Thanksgiving. We've already had Halloween. But we'll talk about, you know, setting goals for this upcoming year, things that we need to watch out for, and how how to really move from there. But hope you like the rest of this interview. Hope you've enjoyed the interview with JC. And uh, we'll continue on and just jump right into it. This is Zach Cordell, registered dietitian and host for the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist, where food, faith, and science meet. This podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. Okay, so JC, I, I've, I've got to ask this. I know I need to let you go. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but, this is fun. But what? Hmm. Maybe this would be a question for your daughters. But I guess I'll okay. ask you this question. So, like, what would be the most difficult thing that you think your daughters had to deal with whenever you were making these health changes? And then the second question is, what was the most difficult for you as a mother when making these health changes? That's a good one. And how you presented Um, it to your family. I think the biggest change, so I will be, I think we all know in the LDS culture, um, I was going into a realm that nobody else was comfortable with because that meant I was going to church activities and not eating sugar. And all of a sudden I was talking about not making treats for family home evening. and, And I was entering a realm that everybody was uncomfortable with. I cannot tell you how many people got nervous around the fact that I was starting to give up sugar and trying to change my diet and get off this addiction. And, and so my kids were kind of caught up in all that. Like this is mom's new weird thing. And I'm not sure what I think about it. I tried to get the whole family going and that didn't last very long. Cause they were like, no, like go buy the captain crunch. This is your thing. This isn't our thing. So there was a definite, um, evolving of this where I had to start with just me I wanted to take the whole family on a rampage and go, we're all going to eat better. (laughs) But we had eaten the other way for 20 years, you know, and all of a sudden overnight they were going to embrace that. White bread was still very dear to them and we we were eating all kinds of junk. And so my kids were so sweet about it. They just kind of let mom do her thing for a while. And as I got more and more healed, I realized I would introduce things here and there and introduce conversations, but it was never a shove it down their throat. It was never a, I'm doing this, so we all have to do this. Like you said, with the Satan thing, it was mom's changing, so everybody's changing. And then it would give it a negative connotation. And I wanted to see them to see this journey in a positive light. And so I have have several kids that have gone on that are just not all of them. 
but some of them, no sugar. I have one daughter that's going to be a health trainer and really loves this world and is deeper into it than I am now. And so they each have assimilated it in their own way. But um, they, yeah, they gave me a lot of room to just learn it. And they kind of came along with me on the ride and have learned some things that fit their own life. But in the end, it's their own journey too, right? Yeah. So and they've each... They've each embarked on that. Now that they're mostly adults, my kids are 18 and older, each one, I've almost had a conversation with each one at some point where they're like, okay, mom, how did you do this? I'm ready to do this, you know, but they got there when they were ready. Right. I think that's one big thing is that as parents, we're like, we need to steer them in the right direction and they have to do everything right. And then when it comes to health and if we're ready to make health changes, then we, we think that they need to make those with us. Oh yeah, and, and it's helpful. Like you said, they they've come back and they've started to look at it and saying, you know what, I went to college and I ate a bunch of crap and I don't feel any better. <laughs> My daughter just did that. She moved home for the summer and went. I'm a mess, mom. You gotta help me. <laughs> we ate so much junk. It's true, but but it's it's just it's like the tobacco thing in the DNC when they when the Lord first introduced that idea, He didn't make it a commandment right away because He knew they were going to need some time. Yeah. To get used to the thought of living without that and changing their culture. And, and this is such a heavy culture in the church. Sugar, we cannot do a meeting without sugar. Let me we ask you. We just don't you, know how to do it. So my question is, when you have a potluck and they're like, who's bringing the drinks? What do you think? <laughs> this, uh, potlucks for me are really hard because, again, I don't eat sugar and I don't eat white flour. Okay. And so a lot of the food on that table is not working for me, but, um, it's, it's, <laughs> I just think the drinks, drinks are, the water. <laughs> I think the drinks are just funny. Cause when I was elders corn president, I was like, Oh, I'll bring the drinks. And I would just like have water tubs there because, yeah, seriously, because we why, can't just do water. <laughs> why are, why are we going out and buying all this soda when we don't need the soda? We could have spent it on food if you wanted to. And the so, like, and if you yeah. don't have the soda, nobody cares. They're not like, yeah. you know what would make this party water. awesome is if we had soda. Like, it's not. <laughs> I think this is a whole other podcast because we love, we don't have a lot of vices. We don't drink and we don't smoke and we, you know, don't do drugs. And But this is a vice that we're not ready to give up because it's, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that my path is the right path for everybody, but I do think we eat a lot of sugary stuff in our church culture we we really and and really pride ourselves on keeping the word of wisdom but there's kind of a disconnect there well the word of wisdom is a whole other conversation because (laughs) whenever i talk to people in the church and even whenever i was like kind of just feeling out the idea if anybody would be interested in the mormon nutritionist podcast they're all like oh i think you should do it on the word of wisdom and i'm like (laughs) that's that's a part of it but and i haven't i genuinely have not talked about it in great detail on the podcast because I it's so much bigger than people think that it is and I don't know how to address it that's really going to talk about all the different things that we could take from it and yeah Yeah. like you said we stick with the five don'ts right so just don't do this don't do that don't do this and it's and so you think you're good. good but are you aware of the blue zone study No, I haven't heard of that one. So the Blue Zone study is the study of different locations throughout the world where people live the longest. And and the one that is like the most interesting to me is Loma Linda, California, because that is where a large Seventh-day Adventist population lives. 
Okay. And so they've talked about how like Mormons live longer and, and but they don't live as long as the the Seventh Day Adventist. And it's because they follow a largely vegetarian diet and then yeah. part of their worship is they go out into um like they do nature walks one day a week. Oh, cool. Like as a family, that is what they do. And yeah. and we as the Mormon culture are very much like, well, I've got to serve in my calling for four hours on Sunday. Um, and so I'm not going <laughs> to be able to go out and go on a hike whenever I've got all these other responsibilities and I've only got yeah. Saturday to get it done. It's true. It's complicated. You're right. And so it's a little bit You're more right. difficult. Um, but I, I wonder if we really looked at the word of wisdom and yeah. implemented it rather than just the don'ts with the do's. I think it would be yeah. a, a, an interesting conversation to have with members definitely yeah and i do think it's personal i think you can adapt it based on your like what that means for you what one verse means for you might be different than i talked to a girl just yesterday about and for that her it's no animal products at all but she says that's not but that's not for everybody and again it's so subjective it's so personal like but i do think i was blind for many years in that i just checked my box like, yeah, done. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not doing any done. drugs. Don't do. worry. We're good. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't at all. Not at all. You know, so anyway, yeah, you're right. That's probably a bigger topic for another day. Well, JC, <laughs> thank you so much. It has it's been, been a, a joy. It has been a pleasure. And yes, we will have to do this again if you're okay with that. I would love that. I okay. would love that, Zach. Thank you so much for the invitation. We no are problem. kindred spirits, I think. Can you okay. tell everybody if they want to find you, where do they find you? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'm online. My website is JC Whiteman. I probably have to spell it. And you can find everything you need to know about me if you're interested. I have some online classes and books available. So, yep, that's where I am. Perfect. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Perfect. That'd be great. Thank you so much. No Zach. problem. This has, been a, this has been fun. And that is the end of our interview with JC Whiteman. It was uh, awesome talking with her. There was a lot of good conversation that happened there. And things that I didn't really expect to talk about, we discussed. But let's take a quick break, and then we will come back, and from there we will discuss holiday behaviors and habits that you can establish to help you out in the new year, and just maybe new new traditions you consider starting with your family. So it is the holiday season. You may be looking for gifts to give to people. And this is a little shameless plug for my book. But if you know people that are looking to make changes or people that are always looking to improve themselves or set goals, then uh, the Creation Code book that I've written that is available on Amazon could be an awesome gift for them. It's a way of looking at the creation of the world and learning the lessons that the creator has given us by each of those days. The message that sometimes is explicitly said and other times is just as simple as this is what we do and we do it in a specific order. But in comparing that to some of the stages of change models that other health professionals would use, you can really start to see that there are some similarities in how the world was created and then how we all foster change in our own lives. So as you're getting ready for the new year, as you're looking to set goals and as your friends are looking to set goals, Check out the book, see if it might be able to fit and help you to make those long, sustainable changes rather than just the the changes that'll last for a couple of weeks until you get burnt out, you're tired of doing it. 
But yeah, go ahead and check it out. It's a creation code available on Amazon today. Or maybe you know somebody that likes clothes a little bit more than they like books. And if that's the case, then head on over to our Sunfrog. We'll have the link down in the show notes where you can go in and check out some of the shirts that we have that are body positive and encouraging and just kind of awesome. One of my favorite ones is uh, just simply says this body created humans because sometimes that should be enough for us to realize that we're pretty awesome. Or the other one is the one that we referred to with uh, JC in the interview is that it's a big temple, it's a small temple, but it's God's temple. So regardless of your size, you are created in the image of God and you're going to do more important things than step on a scale in your life. And uh, we'll get back to the podcast. from you so many times thinking that I could find greater joy it's all a lie I know you are the only one who can remove this heart of stone so take my eyes and fix them upon you I need a heart Okay, so welcome back, and uh, let's get into some holiday tips. Now, I understand that we've already had Halloween, we've already had Thanksgiving, and that's fine, um, but there's still holidays that are be- are happening, and around this time, we have all the Christmas parties. It's no longer just a home thing, but it's also work-related that can happen, and there might be other family members that are coming in town that maybe didn't for Thanksgiving, so I'll just give you some tips and, and leave it at that. But I got five tips for you and then one little final message. So let's uh, go ahead and get into this thing. So first tip, number one, being wise now with your food will help you in in the future. Okay, and that's the near future, not just like the far off future. And what I mean by that is that if you're going to make healthy choices now, it's going to help you to continue those healthy changes in the future. So you're going to be able to keep those healthy changes up. What often happens around the holiday season is that too many people try and fight October, November, and December in January with their New Year's resolutions. So don't try and backlog your healthy behaviors and say, oh, well, you know, these are my, these are my cheap months. <laughs> don't, don't try to make up for three months in one coming up in January with a New Year's resolution. Instead, start having healthy behaviors now that are going to be able to be things that you can sustain. Don't say, I'm never going to eat cake. I can't do that. Um, Especially during the holiday season, whenever your mom really makes this best cake that you've ever had in your life and you know it's coming, but you're going to starve yourself. Like, don't, don't do that. All right. If you're really worried about holiday weight gain, then do things that are going to help to prevent that overconsumption and lack of movement that can contribute to weight gain. So tip number two, set healthy parameters for yourself. So set some healthy parameters. Whenever you're eating, ask yourself if you're really hungry. Sometimes people just eat because there's food available. And I'll get into this one in the next tip. But the reality is is that if you can set parameters for yourself and you're still allowing yourself to eat because we all need to eat food, it's kind of essential to living. But if you can have that healthy approach to the food that is at the holiday party, you're going to be better off. The next part of this is don't starve yourself on the day of a party A lot of times people will not eat because they know that they're going to overeat at a party when in reality, 
that leads to overeating because you're hungry and because the food is good. And so by that time, you just got to go get your sweatpants on because things are getting tight. All right. So tip number three, know thyself. If you're the person that is going to finish any food that you put on your plate, maybe you start by putting smaller portions on your plate and then you can head back to get more. I don't know how many times I've spoken with somebody and they put all this food on their plate and then they like stop halfway through and they're like, oh, I'm so full. I don't want any more, but I'm not a quitter. And so they just keep going and they finish the food because they're members of the clean plate club. So taking smaller portions can be helpful. Now, if you're the person that's going to eat with their eyes, go ahead and see what food is there before putting anything on your plate. So if it's one of those holiday, the family style dinners where they have all the food out running down the entire table, you know, check out what's there. Be willing to pass on the mashed potatoes until you see if there's the other dish that you're really looking for. And if it's not there, then you can choose to go back and eat whatever it is that you'd like. Now on the flip side, if you're the person that eats with your taste buds, get a tasting plate. Now, a tasting plate is where you're going to get a sample of the foods that are there and then decide what tastes good, and then you'll get more of it. And that's completely okay. So that way, you've gotten a taste of everything that's there. You can tell Aunt Hilda that you had some of her stuffing and it was pretty good. You can tell Uncle Howard that you had some of his steak and it was all right, but you're just not feeling in a steaky mood. And that's fine. Now, the last one here, if you are the person that is going to eat just because the food is still out, there are a couple different things that you could do. You could put the food away. If it's at your house and you're able to do that, you could even offer to help the host of the, of the party to put the food away. You could also have an activity that you have prepared that is going to help you to not be a bored eater. And what I mean by being a bored eater is just there's nothing else to do and there's food here. So why not just pick at it for the next little while? So things you could do with that are bring a book, a game, an activity, a movie, something that's going to take your mind away from the food that is in the house. Or you could just get out of the house. Maybe just getting outside of that side of the house could be beneficial. So just moving out of the room where all the food is could help you to make a wise choice later. So you're not having to ask yourself every three minutes, do I want another roll? Do I want another piece of ham? Do I want another piece of jello pie? Whatever it is. And then if you're feeling really good, maybe you could try doing some dishes. That mentally changes, and I'm not telling you all just to do dishes, but I'm saying that if you do the dishes, that mentally tells you that you are done, that we're cleaning up, we're putting things away, and as a result, you may not just keep picking at things because you've gone through the process of closing down the food bar. Tip number four. So this is one that I'm hesitant to tell you, but I think can be beneficial. This is going to be eat like a food critic. This is not to the person's face. And please, please do not write a review and give it to the host of the party you're attending. Say, oh, you know, the stuffing was a little dry, but the broccoli casserole was delicious. Okay. But eat the food. See what it is that you like about the food. Do you like it because this is just the thing that reminds you of home? Because every, every Christmas you have your bread pudding. Is it the thing that reminds you of grandma because she always had shortbread cookies? Is it that you like it because it's hot and you know it just came right steaming out of the oven? Or is it just that you like it because of the company that you're with? 
But don't eat food just because it's there, even if you don't like it. I think we've all eaten something, and before we finish, we're probably like halfway through, three-fourths of the way through, and we think, this isn't even good. But again, I'm not a quitter. So you go ahead and finish it anyways. So you could become like a little child in the essence that if you don't like it, don't eat it. You don't have to say, I don't like this. I don't want it. You could just say nothing because nobody's going to say, why aren't you eating that? Some people might. And you could just say, I'm full. Tip number five, build in some healthy holiday behaviors. Now, whether that's a holiday bowl where you're playing football or you're playing hockey or whether you're playing duck, duck, goose with your kids, maybe it's a holiday heated ping pong tournament. Maybe you're doing nightly walks. You're going to play extreme spoons. You and your family are going to go holiday skiing. Maybe you go ice climbing or to a trampoline park or holiday shopping. And no, your dietitian did not just go tell you to spend money. You can window shop just by moving around. But in doing those things, it's no longer just about the food, but you're getting out of your home and you're doing something that's physically active. I'm not saying that you need to do those things in order to eat. I'm saying if we move more, it gives us more opportunity to develop other memories with people rather than just sitting in the living room and watching someone else play football. So those healthy behaviors in terms of physical activity can be part of your family tradition that you establish from here on out. So those are my big top five tips for the holidays. So be wise with what you are doing now so that whenever you set your New Year's resolutions, you can continue those healthy behaviors. Set healthy parameters. So set goals that you will be able to keep, not I'm never going to eat cake because then if you eat cake once, you've kind of messed up and you might eat the whole cake. Number three, know who you are and how you behave. And if that means that you have smaller plates, that's fine. If that means that you put the food away after you're done eating, that's fine. Number four, eat like a food critic. Not saying that you're criticizing everybody's food right in front of them, but just make wise decisions about what you're eating and really enjoy the food that you eat. And then finally, tip number five, build in some healthy movements and holiday behaviors that maybe you could start a new family tradition. So those are the five behaviors or those are the five tips. And then finally, the note that I want to leave on is that this holiday season, don't beat yourself up. The holidays are not about weight gain. They're about Christ. And Christ died for each of us and he died for all of us. And I don't just mean every one of us, but all of us, our body and our spirit. We're more than our mortal frame. We're more than our mortal frame. But this is a journey and we can enjoy our way home. So this holiday season, just remember the reason for the season. The food's fun. The family's nice. But the eternal picture and the eternal perspective is so much more amazing. Thanks for listening today. Again, I'll include all the information in the show notes for contact information for JC. You can get access to her book. You can get access to my book, The Creation Code. And then you can get access if you like, like any of the Latter-day Saint nutritionist swag. Uh, we've got t-shirts available. I'll have the link in our show notes for that as well. Again, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great Christmas season. And uh, we'll talk soon.